Hi everyone, I'm so excited about today's episode. Did you know it's our 100th episode? That is just amazing to me. It seems like only yesterday we started. And because it's such a special day, I wanted to bring back one of my favorite guests, and that is Susan Guthrie, attorney, mediator, and host of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Susan and I are gonna talk about self-care, and I really hope you'll stay around and listen to it because it is an exciting discussion. Take care. Hi, beautiful. I'm so glad you're here today. We have something very special to celebrate. This is our 100th episode. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of you out there that listen to what we're doing. Our mission to help divorcing and divorced women is so important to me, and I am so glad that it is a benefit to you. And because it's my 100th episode, I wanted a very special guest. And so I want to introduce you once again to Susan Guthrie. Susan is a mediator, attorney, and the host of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. And it is one of my favorite divorce podcasts. You ought to listen to it. She's been one of the leading family law attorneys and mediators in this country for more than 32 years. And if you ask somebody who to talk to that's an expert, her name is always going to come up. She produces not only Divorce and Beyond podcast, but a new podcast called Make Money Mediating to support and advance dispute resolution professionals and practitioners practitioners. And we're going to talk today about the effects of self-care. How critical is that? Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you here. I am so delighted to be here and congratulations on 100 episodes. That's absolutely wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. I've just been blessed with so many wonderful guests. You know, we talk about self-care all the time when it's divorce. I can't think of an episode where we don't mention that word. And sometimes I think we hear it so much that we kind of poo-poo it or ignore it. But it's so critical. What are your thoughts about self-care and divorce? Yes, and I have to tell you, I am so delighted we're sort of looking under the hood of this topic because mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, it's almost become a buzzword around divorce. Oh, take care of yourself. Be sure to practice self-care to the point where I think you're right. It maybe goes in one year and comes out the other. Yeah. But something that I know, having been in the divorce space <clears throat> for such a long time, working with people going through this particular stressful time in life and having gone through it myself, um, it is absolutely critical to not just getting through the divorce part, but actually setting up yourself for a happy, as I always say, beyond. Um, It it is absolutely critical. It is not something that is is indulgent. It is a necessity during this time. Exactly. It's not selfish at all. No, exactly. 
But I think sometimes, and maybe it's the way we were raised as women historically, that we've taken care of everybody else, husbands, children, nieces, nephews, but we leave ourselves out of that mix. And so when it comes time for us to do something for ourselves, it's foreign to us. It is. And, you know, I think there's so much that goes into that. I think societally we are conditioned from, you know, very young little girls um, to put others ahead of our needs. And we found in many family and patriarchal situations that our needs were put below those of others. The mm-hmm. issue here is, and it's you'll hear it every time someone talks about self-care, but this is truly one of those situations, like they say on the airplane, don't, you know, put on your own face mask before you, you help anyone else with theirs. If you do not take care of yourself during this stressful time period, you are not going to be much help not only to yourself, but to your children who probably have an amplified need of you, other Mm -hmm. family members, and really anyone else. You have to start with your self-care. Absolutely. And then something we don't talk about too much, if you happen to work, the effect on your job and your ability to earn a living. And that's such a good point. There was recently a study done, I think it was by Indeed, the company that helps place people, um, that they think that the effects of divorce, the stress on employees, people having to take time off, not being fully on their game, all of that above, costs American uh, businesses something like $6 billion a year in lost productivity. Yep. So this isn't just an issue in your one singular household or because you personally might be feeling a little stressed out. By the way, it's not just a little stressed out. We can talk about that. But it is truly something that is a systemic situation. Uh, divorce is very common in our society. And so mm-hmm. chances are, you know, one out of two people you're looking at or something close to that are going through or have just gone through a divorce or are about to go through one. Absolutely. And it's, what is it, the second biggest stressor uh, to losing a child, I think is what I've seen in the top stressors in life. Yes. I mean, imagine that it is, you know, I I can't imagine anything worse than losing a child, but divorce comes in as number two ahead of death of a spouse and Mm -hmm. incarceration. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's better to be in prison than it is to get a, a divorce for our nervous system. I mean, that is a scale of, of nervous or a stress on the stress level. And even more than a terrible illness. Um, yes. That's just, it's, it's awful. I think of the impact of the stress and anxiety. And I heard recently that women in particular who go through divorce have an 27% increased chance of developing breast cancer and ovarian cancer that those that don't because of the stress and anxiety. And that's just, to me, that's awful. 
and and it's very true. Um, in fact, women have a higher rate of depression, mental mm. health issues, anxiety, um, all kinds of negative, uh, both mental and physical health uh, repercussions because of stress. I mean, what people don't realize is we say we're stressed and we think mm -hmm. that means that in our body, perhaps we're feeling anxious. And really right. what it is, is it's a physical reaction where our body emits phytochemicals, neuro neurochemicals in our brain that pretty much hijack our entire system. But what they also do, things like adrenaline and cortisol, they, right. um, they're very bad for our hearts. They're very bad for our brains. Um, and they, you know, they really hijack our system. So when we're emitting all those chemicals, we are really causing ourselves, not just mental issues, but we can also physically impact ourselves permanently. Right. I think it's, um, I think it's just terrible. I knew a woman who was extremely bitter over her divorce and two years later she developed ovarian cancer and died. And I've always associated that bitterness with, with her illness. Um, it was just terrible. Let's, let's talk for a minute about the emotional strain that stress and anxiety put on you in divorce. We talk a lot about the worst mistake you can make in divorce is to let your emotions hijack you, but stress and anxiety play right into it. What are your thoughts on that? Hi everyone. As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. And this can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up, Soberlink's offering $50 off your device for our listeners. Visit www.soberlink.com empowered, and that will be in the show notes as well. Yes, and, and that's true. And I've said that, that, you know, making hasty decisions in divorce, making mm -hmm. decisions that are based on our emotions. You talk about stress, anxiety, anger, fear. Those are the, the common emotions of divorce. Those are the biggest mistakes. But, but what are you supposed to do about that, right? You're feeling this is, is the number two most stressful thing that can happen to you, as we just said. And so part of what I think is helpful for people is the awareness of exactly what's happening for them mm -hmm. and to them. Because right. you're right, what you said at the top of this episode, especially as women, we are conditioned to, I always call it the buckle up buttercup, you know, <laughs> you, you just buckle down and get through it. Yep. And in this particular instance, and, and truly in any highly stressful instance, um, 
we really do ourselves a disservice, our families a disservice, and, and as we talked about, the world a disservice, if we do not take that pause and do things for ourselves, and we call this self-care um, right. or wellness, but if we don't do things that will help us on that emotional scale get off of the hot rocks and down to a tolerable level, yes. we're not doing anyone any favors. Yeah. I, I always like to, to say, um, imagine yourself at your funeral and you're looking back and what do you want your life story to look like? Do you want it to be an emotional basket case? Do you want it to be poor health? Do you want it to be, um, isolating and, you know, um, negative impacts on your parenting, or do you want it something different, something more positive. And that, that gives me the wake up call I need to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. And I think that I love how you put that, you know, look, look back and, and visualize what you, you want to see that helps us so much, you know, to look backwards, but then we play that movie forward. And I mm -hmm. really think that for, again, women, especially, um, it is somewhat foreign to prioritize our self-care, our taking care of ourselves, but it is something that if we have that awareness, if we're made aware of just how important this is, not just for ourselves and for others, that it is something that we can keep top of mind and make mm -hmm. those changes so that, and, and the whole point of this is, or one of the main points is, is if you are feeling more whole, if you have more control over that emotional state, if your hormones, the cortisol, the adrenaline are not coursing through your body and hijacking your brain, you are going to make better decisions and you are going to move forward into a better future as opposed to moving into a future that is predicated on decisions that were made when your brain was not functioning particularly well and when your emotions were yes. in control. And, and we've, you and I have both seen that and perhaps yeah. lived it at times ourselves yeah. to know the negative after effects. You know, I hear so much about the statistics about how women suffer from low self-esteem and low confidence. And then you throw divorce on top of it. And a lot of people say, well, you just need to think positive. And what about that person who is so low that they can't kind of jump out of it or dig their way out of it? What do, what do we say to that person who's gotten so low? Yes, and, and that is actually fairly common, I think, again, mm -hmm. with the, with this situation. Um, and you do find people saying that, well, well, just snap out of it or mm -hmm. go get a massage. Everyone thinks <laughs> a massage or a facial or getting your nails done. I mean, it, how it's, it's self -care, actually yeah. patronizing, <laughs> right? That that's self-care. Self-care right. self is anything that is going to help you cope better, that is going to help you manage. And for someone who finds themselves in that dark place where they are truly overwhelmed by the negative emotions, honestly, that is where, I, and I see a two-pronged approach, 
mm-hmm. a mental health professional, a therapist, someone who can help you dealing with unpacking that past. Yes. And a coach who uh, on the other side can help you pack that new bag for the new future, right? So it's a, that's why I say it's sort of a dual. You unpack the past and you pack for a new future. And maybe you start with a therapist and then mm-hmm. you know, when you're starting to feel better, move forward into a coach or maybe it's all together. But I think that is critical. Um, I, I said to clients for my 30 plus years as a divorce attorney, even if you did, do not believe generally in therapy or you believe that you are not someone who needs therapy, please consider you know, situational therapy right. as you go through this divorce and Absolutely. having a coach help you as you go forward. Yeah. I think, too, that sometimes when you're so low that even those suggestions seem miles away. And so to have someone, whether it's a family member or a friend, to reach out that hand and say, come on, let me pull you along. Let me pull you to the solution um, is, is invaluable, too, because I, I do think you can get so low that you isolate and that you're depressed and you can't move, you can't function. So I think that's where sometimes, particularly those of us that have been divorced, are so grateful we survived. But now is the time we can reach out our hands to someone else and say, follow us, let me pull you along, you know, and help you that way. You have such a wonderful way with words. And I love (laughs) that, you know, just the visual on that. And, And something that I've said both um, as a friend, two friends going through a difficult time, um, but also when I've been going through something in my life is, you know, give someone permission to be real with you. Mm-hmm. If you have that best friend, if you have that sister, mother, father, family member, someone out there in this world, or your coach, you know, or someone that you trust. Give them permission to tell you the tough stuff. Like, hey, Susan, I think you're in a dark place. Can I help you? I made an appointment for you. Or I'd like to come pick you up and take you to, you know, a therapist or a doctor or whatever that might be. Yes. Um, Sometimes family and friends need a little bit of permission from us Mm -hmm. to be helpful because they don't know what to do to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, almost like a mini intervention. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, And then one thing I think that we can overlook real easily is the effect of our stress, our depression, our anxiety on our children. And um, I know that when I divorced, I went into a deep depression, and one of the things that prevented me from doing was showing up for those children, and today they've told me that they actually felt some abandonment during that time, and so I think this this whole impact on parenting is huge. And, and we tend to be so self-focused because of the pain. Um, the parenting impact is just huge. Yes. And, and so critical, um, because 
We often use the children as the reason why we will not go and get help or, yes. or you know, take care yep, of yep. ourselves. And you've just very clearly stated, you know, the, why the inverse of that is so important. Because we know that, yes, the level of conflict between parents is the number one indicator of children having a negative impact from the divorce. The number two is mental health issues um, on behalf of one or both parents. And of course, depression and anxiety are the big two that happen. So what I would say to anyone who's listening is, you know, be aware. I did a wonderful episode a a while ago with Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, the divorce doctor. Mm -hmm. She's a therapist, clinical um, psychologist. And, you know, one of the things she said for everyone to know is your chances, even if you've never, you have no history of depression or anxiety in your family and you, or you have never personally had it, your chances of situational depression and anxiety during divorce are sky high. Know the symptoms, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, not having any energy, lack of interest in things that you usually enjoy. You know, there's a whole litany of, of, things that should tip you off, but be aware of those and get ahead of them. Because what you said is really the key. If nothing else can pull you out and get you to take care of yourself, your love for your children means you have to love yourself because your children love you. And that means you have to care for yourself so that you can care for them. And And don't make them care for you. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can even be the reverse. You love them so much that you throw yourself into them and you have to manage everything on your own. So that creates its own stress, you know, so it can go two ways in that regard, I think. It absolutely can. And I think something that's hard for us to remember is that you know, because we're so stuck in the minute of the day, just getting through each day, yeah. even it's minute by minute, hour by hour, <laughs> day by day, that we forget that those little people are watching us and they are learning from us and they will emulate how we deal with this extremely stressful situation in life as they grow up. And so something that we can use to maybe pull us again out of that um, right. 100% focus on them is remembering it is t- focused on them if you are taking care of yourself because you are Absolutely. teaching them to do the same. Absolutely. And I think the beauty too is think about the role modeling we're doing for the next generation. We're breaking that chain of that we're supposed to take care of everybody but ourselves. And now through our actions, we're breaking that chain for the next generation. Yes. And and so that's so critical for for all your children. I mean, whether you have boys, girls, yep. both um, gender fluid children, whatever, whatever you happen to have, you are, they are watching you every minute go through this experience and they're learning from it. Mm-hmm. Chances are your children at some point in time in their lives will have a relationship end, whether it's a divorce mm-hmm. or a breakup or whatever that might be. Right. And they are learning 
how to manage that, including how to take care of themselves and how to handle the stress of that breakup from you in those moments, every minute of how you go through it. And that may seem like a lot of pressure and, and, and it is, there's, yeah. there's some pressure there, but there is also hopefully a freedom in knowing that so that you're free to take care of yourself because you know, you, you know, who is it? Michelle Dempsey Moltak said to me once that when she was going through her divorce and it was really, really hard, what she would do is wake up every morning and say, today I'm going to be the person I want my daughter to grow up to be. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's totally stuck so... with me. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it good? Oh, that so if is. You're having a rough day. What would you want your daughter to do if she woke up feeling like you did this morning? You want her to take care of herself. So show her that you're going to take care of yourself. It's such that a good quote. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, I had a woman on my podcast not too long ago who was an expert in gray divorce. And mm -hmm. she talked about the impact on adult children and yes. how we often think so focused on the small children. But there also is a pretty big negative impact on grown children as well. Yes. Was that Carol Hughes? No, this was Linda Hirschman. Okay. Yes. Linda, both, they both great um, t speakers on this topic. And I agree, right? You know, your people tend to um, think, oh, well, adult children, they have their own families, their own lives. Um, right. And the reality for them is it's still their family is mm -hmm. re structuring their core family, their family of origin, and they are still watching. Yep. Um, their marriage may end or their relationships, um, but it's their children's grandparents who maybe are splitting up. Uh, and we, we tend to not see the systemic change this is bringing for everyone. Um, a lot of it right. is because we have also been taught quite a bit in life to... I'm fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> fine. It's okay. I'm fine. Yes, exactly. Fine, fine. <laughs> and um, and that comes up in divorce as well. I have yeah. had you know people come in who I can tell are hanging on by those yep. last little fingernails. Yet when I say I would always ask clients when they would come in, how how are you doing today? Yep. How are things going? And I will tell you, men would unload. Men would go, oh. Let me tell you, women, I'm fine. It's fine. Fine. That's interesting. I would have thought it would be the reverse. Many people feel divorce is a death sentence, but with the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. It can also be a time of growth and progress. As a divorce and empowerment coach, I'm an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, learn skills to help you communicate and negotiate, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Oh, no, men have no problem. <laughs> Maybe 
maybe it's because I was their divorce attorney. And gotcha. so in that instance, it was like part my job to listen or my, my job to hear it. Um, and there's a, a reason as an attorney, I, I want to know my client's emotional state. So there's a reason I'm asking that question. Um, and I would rather know, let me tell all your listeners, if they have an attorney and their attorney ever asked them how they're doing, be honest, tell your attorney yes. few reasons. One, we need to know, cause we need to know what you're dealing with. We may have resources for you if you're struggling with something to help you find help in whatever mm -hmm. that might be. And, you know, it is one of those, those situations that it can be self-care alone just to say, I'm struggling. Yeah. That's self-care right there by putting it out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the, the one thing that I think about when I think about stress and anxiety and children and, you know, living out the rest of our lives are those long-term emotional scars. Yes. You know, the fact that, um, that this isn't just something superficial. This isn't something you put a Band-Aid on and then it heals. Right. What, what are your thoughts about that? Yes. And, and such a good point because, and, and the Band-Aid is exactly right. This is not a buckle up buttercup situation. Mm -hmm. Once you get through it and the divorce is finalized, everything will go back to being normal. Um, no. You have a new reality ahead. Uh, it can be, you and I both know, it can be wonderful. But, you know, most people, and, and I'm sure you've heard this, you know, I, if I had a dollar for every time a client told me I am never getting married or getting into another relationship ever again, I said um, that a few times, Susan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reference back to our podcast episode. Yes. Yep. Right. And and so I and I've heard it from people so so I, I may have even said it myself so many times. But human beings tend to truly crave personal connection. Yes. And to have that wonderful, beautiful life, whatever that looks like post your this current divorce situation you're in you want to take care of yourself and move forward in a better way deal with cleaning up maybe your side of the street deal with your stress and your emotions so that when you get to the end of this divorce you're not just starting fresh in this unknown new world that you've really worked toward. This is a time when you can work toward that future. You yeah. are ending that relationship. Absolutely. But I always tell people the decisions that you make during your divorce lay the foundation for your new life after the divorce and your yeah. children's. If you have children, if you are a co-parent. Um, and so, you know, really that self-care goes very deeply to that on two cases. One, you're going to deal better with your own emotional state and end up on the other side in a better right. place. But you will also make better, as you said earlier, make better decisions when you have your emotional and control and management uh, down. Very important. Absolutely. This has just been amazing. One of the things I like to ask my guests is, do you have any parting tips for the people in our audience in regard to self-care that you would like to share with them? 
You know, so I think a few, uh, just a couple of things, I'll do it quickly. But one, I want people to realize that when those stress hormones are running around in their body, you can feel them, right? It's the fight or flight emotion. So your heart starts to pound the adrenaline, the cortisol right. gets you all amped up. But what those effectively do, which many people don't realize, is they actually shut down the part of your brain that's rational. Mm-hmm. So when you are feeling that way, which is a lot of divorce, a lot of the conversations around right. divorce, you're talking to your attorney, your spouse, you're in court, you're in a mediation, you are not capable of thinking clearly. So the, the one of the big self-care tips I have for people is saying, I need some time to think about it. Yes. You do not always need to make decisions in that moment. So take in the information and then very clearly say, I need some time to think about it. And if they push you, say, I need some time to think about it. Um, You are doing yourself a favor. But the other thing that people don't realize is you are also doing the other person a favor because the worst thing that can happen or one of the worst things that can happen in a divorce is that under pressure or when you're not thinking clearly, you agree to something right. and then you wake up and change your mind yep. because that will take you down a very negative road in your divorce. So you are doing you, you both a favor by Absolutely. saying, I need some time to think about it. Yeah. I had um, someone I was talking to that signed all the final papers from their mediation and then they went, I regret what I did. It's just terrible, terrible. Well, and unfortunately in a situation where trust is already a little rocky for many people going through divorce, when you say, I agree, and then you dial that back, You've just shown yourself to the other person to be untrustworthy. Yes. And you can have every good reason in the world for it. I wasn't thinking clearly. My brain was hijacked by my emotions. Right. That's not going to be good enough. Because think about it if you were in the other person's shoes. You would yes. see it as reneging as well. So it's very harmful to an amicable end to your divorce. So you truly... I need some time to think about it is, is I, I've, I, in my mediations, we actually make that a rule. You can say yes to a proposal, no to a proposal. You can ask some more questions. You can counter propose, or you can say, thank you. I need some time to think about it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, Susan, how can my listeners find you? You've got, you've always got such wonderful tips and wonderful insights that I know they're going to want to seek out more. Well, thank you. The The best place is always the podcast, Divorce and Beyond, which is at divorceandbeyondpod.com, or they can go to my website, which is susaneguthrie.com. Um, both of them, both of those websites have a variety of um, different downloadables and, and giveaways for people. So if they want to go check those out, but um, I always, I, I always have, have such a wonderful time talking with you, Beverly. It's really, I, oh. I appreciate your audience and, and what you do for them and how you support them. Oh, the feeling is very mutual. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share that I've forgotten to ask? No, I just really encourage everyone, but women especially, to prioritize 
themselves, even if it's for the very first time in their lives. Yes. This is a time of change. It's it's already happening. So make some positive changes and start putting yourself first. Um, in the end, I can promise you, you and your children will be better off for it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for being with me on this 100th episode. I'm just so delighted to have you here. Well, congratulations again. And just think what you have done to help your listeners in those 100 episodes. Bravo to you. Oh, I love it. It's a very selfish thing. When you give, you always feel better in return. All of Susan's information will be available in the show notes along with mine, and you can find them at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com on the podcast page or on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch the video version on our YouTube channel, Her Empowered Divorce. Thank you for being with us on this episode. Join me for our next one where I'll be diving deeper into what other professionals can share to help you on your separation and divorce journey. Remember, you can find more episodes at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Please listen, subscribe, and leave us a review. Please share our story with your friends so we can reach out and help as many women as possible. Thank you for joining us today and stay empowered. Hello, Empowered Women. I'm Susan Guthrie, and with over 30 years as a leading family law attorney and mediator, I've stood by many as they navigated the intricate paths of divorce. That's why I created the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Drawing from my own expert insights and bringing in some of the country's top voices on divorce and its many facets, we aim not just to help you endure the storm, but to rise and shine brighter than ever in your beautiful beyond. If you are a regular on Her Empowered Divorce with Beverly Price, you already value empowerment during these challenging transitions. Together, our podcasts form a safety net, ensuring you don't just survive, but you thrive. So take my hand and let's journey together. Listen to Divorce and Beyond wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember, the best is yet to come in your beautiful beyond. You can find the podcast on all major podcast outlets or on the website divorceandbeyond.com. Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. And it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. And be sure to check out my other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce podcast and resources on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This will help me reach out to more women in the same space so you are not so alone. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.